PulpMX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Boppity doo wop bop. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you for downloading this episode. And, of course, I appreciate you guys out there subscribing to this podcast. This is the one and only RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and Racetech. How are you guys doing out there? Hopefully your week is going to be start off really well. It's Monday morning here in the high des, and uh, so stoked to be here and talk to you about something that gets into my <laughs> email inbox on the daily. So many questions, and that is suspension. So I did a Suspension 101 pod real early in this show's lifetime, and it probably sounded like shit, quite honestly. I went back <laughs> and listened to some older pods. Oh, my God, it's horrible. So I am sure Steve and whoever started podcast out early, um, it just didn't sound good. I didn't have the right equipment. Um, I thought I was doing something innovative and good for y'all. But uh, quite honestly, if you guys didn't listen to it, I don't blame you. It sounded like dog shit. So here we are again, and I'm going to break down suspension, uh, how to make adjustments, what you're supposed to feel, not feel on the track. We're just going to talk about suspension just like me and you and a couple friends out there on the back of a tailgate at a motocross track discussing bump sticks. That's what we're going to do here on this show. I'm going to try to uh, give as much information to you guys as possible. So let's say you're loading up and you're headed to the track. This is a great podcast to listen to while um, you're getting ready to go rip it up on your dirt bike. And maybe this will help your day go a little bit smoothly uh, or smoother, I should say. So... First things first, let's pay some bills. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the, that's right, the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, street bikes, whatever the hell you guys have out there, go to Rocky Mountain. It is a great place to go. Save yourself some money. Um, chances are really high they have everything in stock. So first things first, go to KieferInkTesting.com. Click on that Rocky Mountain banner up at the top of my homepage right there. And what that does is actually helps us on the back end, gives us a slice of what you're purchasing, and just, quite frankly, uh, hooks us up a lot. So I thank you guys for doing that so far. You guys have been doing that. You guys listen to the show regularly. I say the same shit all the time. But seriously, thank you guys for continuing to support, uh, support what we're doing over here. FXRRacing.com. Go get yourself some new gear. Stuff is getting back in stock on the daily, so go check back to the website. Hit the code KKMX35, all caps, KKMX35. Save yourself 30% off your order or everything you do order over at fxrracing.com. Great gear. I just raced Sunday. Uh, I have the Midnight Blue and Yellow gear. It's the Revo LE Line Edition, and it's great. I love the way it looks. I look at photos sometimes that I get um, in my email after a race. I'm like, God, that stuff looks good. looks way better than the rider. So um, go visit them, fxrracing.com. Push that code in, 
and uh, save yourself some money. Race Tech Bump Sticks, that's right. I just did a Kawasaki Kicks 450 test at Glen Helen over the weekend. We're going to throw that up, and we're going to put up a the weekend race setup over on KieferInkTesting.com. Every Tuesday we put, uh, if we do race on a Sunday or Saturday, we put up the weekend race setup, all the specs, the bikes we rode, what we had on the bike, parts, air pressures, everything. So if you guys don't know about that, go to KieferInkTesting.com. It's called the weekend race setup. Pretty, pretty simple. Click on bikes, motocross, boom, it'll show up. And uh, if you have a Yamaha, KTM, Kawasaki, even a... Um, KTM, we just did one of those, so you can go check that out. So very informative stuff. But Race Tech helps us out huge. I say that slow because I can't really uh, tell you guys how much these guys help us out, and they have great settings. Rob and the gang over there at Race Tech really does a good job. Chris Riesenberg, he's a big boy, but you know what? He sends it, and he runs Race Tech Gold Valves. And they even do engine services over there. So go visit them, racetech.com. If you want a discount code, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. And, of course, I will help you out in that department. As well as all of our, all of our other sponsors here, Dunlop, Plum Creek Funding, Blood Lubricant, ScreenPrintingDone.com, Oregon Old Timers Association, 6D Helmets Pro Taper, Chevrolet of Colleen, Texas, Ride Engineering, Works Connection, Power Motorsports, KTM, Kawasaki's Yamaha. You want a deal on one of those bikes, hit me up. And, of course, the aforementioned title sponsors, Racetech, FXR, and RockyMountainATVMC.com. All right, thank you for uh, hanging tight on those reads right there. I appreciate you guys supporting them, and they're good people. But let's talk about suspension. It's Monday morning here in the studio. I'm a little beat up from a race uh, at Glen Helen on Sunday. I went to a SWAT moto race and rode a couple classes, rode the Young Bucks, had a good time. Uh, my son raced a couple classes. But it's a question that I get while I'm at the track over the email. Uh, my son asked me, um, my stuff is soft. I feel stiff. Uh, I, my, I got head shake. Like that was the conversation over the weekend. I had a... My guys, Matt Suravog, Michael Allen, David Martinez, my son, we all went racing. Kind of the Kiefer Inc. family went racing together on Sunday. And every one of them asked me about suspension. Hey, my suspension's doing this. What should I do? I get that email as well. So we're going to talk about it. And we're going to break everything down and try to lead you in a direction, okay? Um, if you're feeling something, this podcast hopefully will in kind of encompass a direction for you guys out there to go to get more comfortable, to be able to ride harder and longer, and just give you some more information on what you need to do about your stuff, regardless of what you have. This is kind of a universal a universal suspension 101 pod, and if you guys are you know, intermediate-level mechanics or you've been around dirt bikes a long time, I think this podcast also will help you as well. Uh when I go testing, I'm going to give you some, some backstory here before we, we dive into the, to the meat of this here. But um, when I was testing with Honda, when I was testing with Yamaha, KTM, whoever it is, suspension is always the number one component of what we are doing. Let's say we have four days of testing. I would say at least, at least two of those days are solely dedicated to suspension settings. 
It is a very important aspect to creating a bike and to make it good. Also, the suspension piggybacks on top of the chassis. You can have uh, a harsh-feeling chassis and then have a good set of suspension, and you'll never know it because the chassis will mask that suspension. Perfect example, uh, 2020 Honda CRF450R. It wasn't so much that the Showa stuff was bad as it was the chassis on the Honda is just stiff-natured. So what does Honda do to try to mask that? They soften the suspension. They try to bring more comfort out in the suspension, which in turn doesn't always work because then you have a wallow feeling, and then as you're going down in the stroke, you have all this energy that's just bound up, a.k.a. stiffer chassis, and that energy hits really quick, and then you have this spike feel in the suspension, and you feel like, oh, man, my stuff is harsh. Well, it's the energy coming through the frame into the suspension that you're feeling. So I'm not expecting you guys to understand all that, but sometimes I'm just asking you guys to slow down instead of freaking out on your suspension, understand what your chassis is doing first. So if you have a Honda and you're listening to this, and you probably are because it's a suspension podcast and you're a Honda rider, you're going, dude, I can't make my bike handle. I got head shake. It feels harsh. I just can't get along with it. I'm tired in four laps. Some of that has to go with the chassis. Go to my website. There's some chassis fixes between uh, engine mount, torque specs, pivot bolt. Um, You can tilt your engine. There's all different types of things that will help that first and then you can move on to your suspension. So sometimes you just have to do some things within the chassis first before you do suspension. Most other bikes, like we're going to talk about today, are just strictly suspension-based, and we're going to lead you in a direction that hopefully will make you more comfortable and have more knowledge on which way to go. There are all different types of sizes of riders and abilities out there, styles. So... Let me tell you guys this, and this is coming straight from my heart, so I might say a little, uh, a few swear words here. You are going to feel fucking bumps, okay? Yes, I said the F word. So if you have kids, turn the radio down because I'm going to get passionate right here. If you have a good set of suspension, A kit, stock, whatever, it, okay, you're still going to feel bumps on a track. I still think to this day people think, hey, man, I'm bottoming out or I feel this bump. I feel like it hitting my ass when I come out of a corner. Yeah, you're going to because it's a freaking bump. It's not going to just, you're not going to have this magic suspension setting and you're going to go through all of these bumps, these braking bumps, and you're you're not going to bounce around. You're still going to feel the bumps on the ground. When I explain bump absorption to the Japanese engineers when I test, I pick up a rock. Uh, I'm standing up. I pick up this rock, and I go, um, sirs, okay, because these guys are really smart, and I respect these guys. So these Japanese, Japanese engineers are looking at me, and I, I pick up the rock, and I go, okay, and I drop it from chest height, let the rock drop. Boom. Impact. All right? That is one feeling that I'm getting. And then... I will crouch down a little bit and have half the distance from where I drop the rock to the ground, and then I say, boom, bump impact. There's two different styles of feeling. You have a stronger bump impact, and then you have a little bit of a lighter bump impact. 
no matter what, you're still going to get a bump impact. Okay, so that is the best way I can explain it to you guys out there is if you could say, okay, I'm going to drop this rock from four feet versus two feet. You have some soft, supple, comfortable suspension. Maybe that rock or that feeling is only, only going to be two feet up, so it's not going to hit the ground as fast. But regardless, people, you're still going to feel the bumps, all right? But we're going to tell you here how to feel less of them, all right? You're just going to feel a little bit less impact to the bike, to your body, when you have the right direction. So the overview of a suspension, okay? You have adjustments. You have a bike. I'm going to start with new bikes. You have these bikes that come from the OEM, and there is a lot of R&D engineering within that suspension. Don't think your new bike just has some random settings and... I need to change my shit right away. Pending if you're over 175 pounds on a 250F, pending if you're over 190 to 200 pounds on a 450, your stock spring rates should be good besides a couple other bikes that are, are, that are new. I will say, I'm going to give you an example. Suzuki, yes, those bikes are still available, and they're still out there. We're going to be talking about those here in a couple weeks, but... Suzuki 250 is oversprung if you're 175 pounds. I'm 170 pounds, and that Suzuki 250 is meant for a 190-pound rider. I do not know why they did that. So when I just said, hey, there's a lot of engineering in the suspension, let's take that back a little bit from Suzuki's side because I have no idea what the hell they were doing when they created that setting. So uh, that is... <laughs> That is the only rule, okay, that I will take back is that is from the Suzuki side. Like, that is a little bit off. But most likely, your stock spring rates are good, and your suspension should be within a ballpark. You don't need to necessarily get your stuff revalved and resprung ASAP. Ride your bike first. Go ride it. Break it in. Feel it out. Feel what it could do better. Feel what it does good. And then, if you want to send your stuff in, to Racetech or whoever, Factory Connection, Enzo, whoever. You will have some notes, okay? You will have some thoughts put together, and you will say, okay, I like this aspect about my fork. This is something that I dislike. Have that in your arsenal when you explain to the suspension tuners what you want. If you just say, hey, man, can you revalve my stuff for a 180-pound guy? I'm a B rider. Uh, here you go. Dude. They have, inside those suspension shops, more than one setting in their book. So help them out, just like Jerry Maguire. Help me help you. Help those dudes set a direction for you so it's less headache for you when you get your stuff back. Because I also hear this complaint, like, hey, man, I got my stuff back from uh, Factory Connection, and it's so stiff. Well, did you explain anything else to them? Well, no, man, I told them my weight and my riding ability. And that's it. Well, give them more ammo so it helps them out. It leads them in direction, okay? It's, it's plain and simple. I like the bump impact of my fork, okay? I feel like it has good holdup, but I would like it to have a little bit more front-end traction feel when I'm leaning into corners. So maybe straight-line bump impact on your fork has good holdup, pretty good comfort, but, man... It's just a little too stiff when I'm leaning into my corner because I'm losing a little bit of traction in area two of the corner, which is the mid-corner. 
okay, cool, man. I'm going to, uh, you know, try to keep the dampening the same as your stock setting, but maybe I could lessen the low speed control of that fork and help you get into uh, the mid stroke area of your fork to help lean angle traction. It all goes hand in hand. All right. So that's another thing I, I wrote down here just to give more information to the suspension tuners that need it because they do. Um, let's discuss adjustments. Okay. So the adjustments on the fork you have, this is a broad range here. You have compression, you have rebound. Okay. And sometimes you have air. Sometimes you have, uh, on air fork, if you have a, <laughs> if you have one of those older air forks, and God bless you, they have high and low speed dampening on the fork. I think it was PSF two fork had that, and that was that was horrible. If you're on PSF two, may the force be with you because that fork has low and high speed uh, compression and rebound control, and you start messing with it, you can get lost. Like literally, I've had a lot of experience with that fork, and I'm still lost. I'm not that good. So maybe why don't you send me your setting because I, I can't seem to find a good setting for that fork. So if you have that fork, uh, I'm sorry, man. Turn the podcast off and go somewhere else because I got nothing. I tried my ass off, and I still can't get a, a good read on that PSF2 fork. Um, real quick, not to jump around here, but make sure your tire PSI, uh, your tire pressures are correct. If you are trying to mess with your suspension and your tire pressures are too hard or too soft, you're going to get a different feel for your suspension. So just make sure, go visit keyforingtesting.com. I have baseline air pressures for all different kinds of tires on there, and you can uh, rummage through that and get the right tire pressure control. Um, also, very important on the fork, if you guys are on spring, to bleed the air out of your fork every time you go out for a ride, and even midday. So if you're getting ready, you pull up to the track and you unload your bike, Bleed the air pressure out of your fork. And what the air does, so you're creating this, this air as you're moving the fork up and down during the day. It's creating heat. So there's air volume getting inside of your fork. You bleed that out. That'll help a little bit of comfort. I know sometimes my son's like, hey, man, my fork feels harsh. I go, when's the last time you bled your fork? And he's even on air fork. So, yes, the WP air fork still has an air bleed. If you don't bleed it, it's going to feel harsher, a little bit stickier, and it's just going to mess up the rebound control of that fork. So bleed your forks. So you got compression, you got rebound, you got your fork height. That is the basis of your fork. On the shock, you have low speed, high speed, rebound, and sag. Okay, so let's start with the fork. Sometimes people get confused on which one or rebound or compression should I adjust first first so let me just go over the compression side if you have a diving sensation coming into corners you feel like your front end's a little low and that is it's not easy to figure out sometimes sometimes you might uh, uh, come into a corner and the decel or the engine braking of the machine might force the front end down a little bit and you will have a little bit of oversteer. Oversteer is when you have knifing, things like that. So for me, when I get that sensation, I will go to the compression side first. And just so you guys know, Showa and KYB have different feels um, when it comes to 
adjusting per click. I can adjust one click on a Showa fork compression, uh, and I could feel it. KYB side of things, Yamaha fork, or even a, uh, a Kawasaki, you know, KX250 fork, I can go two clicks on compression and then feel it. If I did one, it's not really that noticeable. So just act accordingly between Showa and KYB. But if you have a low feeling coming in the corners, uh, you feel like your ass ends a little bit high, you know, you have a couple options. You can go a little bit stiffer on your fork, which create a little bit extra holdup coming in the corners and have give you that firmer feel um, coming into braking bumps. Or you can adjust your high-speed compression on your shock or your sag, which we will get to in a minute. But let's focus in on the fork. So for compression or rebound, there's, there's a couple things here. The rebound, slowing the rebound down, will in essence firm up your fork. So I always go to this route. If I am in a sandier type of track softer dirt I go for compression first I try to leave my rebound setting in that baseline realm which is up on my website or um, that baseline realm on your in your owner's manual on your owner's manual sorry it's important to always understand what's inside that manual and also go to my baseline settings because I've ridden all these bikes I've uh, spent many hours on them and tried to tune them for a wide range of guys. So if you have a rebound number um, that you see on my website, try to stick within that and keep that as your baseline and then work from each side of there, each side of that number. Um, so softer dirt, sandier soil, uh, I work with compression first. So if you feel a little soft or stiff, work on compression. Um, harder dirt or maybe a little bit sandy on top, and then a harder base underneath. I work with rebound first because for me, in those conditions, uh, rebound control is very important. And I'm going to give you an example. High-speed tracks, um, example, Glen Helen. You have some hills. you got high speed. You're always arcing on the side of your, your knobbies because you're setting up. It's not a point-and-shoot track. I am more on the rebound side of things on my fork. I will speed up my rebound so my fork, a.k.a. my tire, will follow the ground more. Uh, example, one of my guys thought he had head shake, or he did have head shake at Glen Helen on Sunday, and he tried to slow his rebound down, and it actually got worse. It's, his head shake got worse. So I told him, hey, this track is fast. Your speeds are high. You're always on the edges of your tires. You're not a. It's not a point and shoot track. And and for those of you guys that know what a point and shoot track is, when you're going straight into a corner and you got a rut and you got a corner, that is more of a point and shoot type track. Where Glen Helen has sweeping corners and it's harder pack. So to me, when you have a uh, a sweeping style track like Glen Helen, you're always trying to arc, sweep out, cut in go in to out. Um, when you have softer, you know, I would say maybe tighter tracks, um, Loretta's, uh, here we have uh, State Fair, Paris, things like that nature, you have, you're going straight in to a corner and you're not really on the edge of your tires until you're inside of a rut, right? 
you have something to bank off of. And faster, flowier type tracks sometimes don't have that because that's just the way the track ends up um, getting created over time from all these riders because everyone's trying to arc and find the fastest line. So if you have a harder base track, work with rebound first because it actually does a lot. I know some of you guys don't even screw with rebound and you go mostly on compression and then you get up, you know, you're trying to stiffen your fork and you get a harsher feel. So when you work within the rebound and compression realm, if you're going to go two clicks in on your compression, all right, you're going to go stiffer. I feel like I need a little bit more hold up in this corner. Kiefer, my front is dropping a little bit, little bit low. Okay, I'm going to go two in. Ah, oh, that's a little bit better, but I'm, now I'm getting a little bit of a harsh feel on, on braking bumps or maybe even on acceleration bumps when your fork is at the top of its stroke and just hitting that bump initially and just it's using just a little bit of its stroke, just that top stroke feel, right, what we call the crust of the stroke. You could open, which is make your rebound faster one click. That'll kind of help bleed some of that off and get you a little bit of a softer sensation on initial touch. Again, dropping that rock, it's going to be a little bit lower when you drop it because that comfort will go up a little bit, okay? So a good rule of thumb is for every two clicks of compression, you can, either way, and I'll explain that, you can go two clicks in on compression and then go one out on rebound, okay? So let's say you go two out on compression, softer. You need to go one in, stiffer, on rebound. That is the usual baseline setting. I'm not saying it's going to do, you need to do that every single time, but be aware of that feeling. Be aware of that, hey, I might have to adjust my rebound a little bit if I'm going in on compression. Sometimes I will get guys, dude, I went four in. It is better, but it's so stiff. So I like it here, but it's stiffer over there, and I don't like it, and I, I'm just going to send it in. That's my that's my voice that I use when I read these emails. Uh, dude, adjust your rebound. That's what I say. I like, have you adjusted your rebound down? No, man. I haven't touched it. Well, try it. Don't be scared of it. Adjust your rebound. I would say I'm a 70-30 type of guy. I will screw with my rebound dampening more than I do my compression at times on stock stock bikes. And this is kind of where I'm going. This is my baseline theory here in this podcast is stock bikes, most of the time, um, you can get them adjusted within a range where you can be happy if you're you know, 170 pounds on a 250. You can make it pretty good. I ride 250s, and I feel like I ride at a high level, and I'm 170 pounds, and I ride some of these tracks. I'll say most of these tracks in Southern California, and I'm okay with it, and I can still haul ass. I'm not blaming the bike uh, for me blowing a corner. I feel like there's enough control in most of these new machines that you can get that range in with a little bit of adjustment. It's not... it's not that difficult. We just got to have more knowledge about what these things do. Um, moving on to the shock side of things, okay? So a shock has both low-speed and high-speed compression adjustments. A little bit different than the fork. I know, like we said, sometimes fork had both of those. 
The low speed adjuster controls the dampening at low shock speed velocities, all right? Um, example, rolling whoops, uh, acceleration bumps, things of that nature. The high speed adjuster control dampening um, is when the shock is moving at high speeds, for example, G outs, jump faces, um, as well as the high speed compression affects the ride height of the bike. It almost acts like a secondary sag. Um, so with that being said, let's start start right there. High and low speed. Most Again, just like rebound, most of you guys out there are scared of the high speed uh, <laughs> compression, and it's okay to adjust that as well. That's something that you can go to secondary. Low speed compression is something that I mess with first on the norm. Um, unless I just can't get along with the ride attitude of the bike. And I will give the KTM as, as an example here. I always feel like a KTM is rear end low. My ass always feels low. I don't understand it. Um, on my test bike, I had to go to a longer one millimeter um, shock shaft, and that helped me under acceleration. It helped me off, off throttle. But in stock form, the ass end of the KTM 250 and 450 always feel low to me. So what do I do? Uh, low speed compression is not really going to fix my problem. There's two things that could fix my problem. Sag measurement as well as high speed compression. So I get the baseline sag, 105. Eh, it's still a little bit uh, low feeling. Okay, so I can adjust my sag. You guys can. Just because... That number there as a baseline doesn't necessarily mean that's the gospel. Maybe you like a little bit more front-end steering, okay? So I want to raise that up to 103. 103 millimeters of sag brings my ass up in a little bit, helps my front-end traction, and could balance out my motorcycle. Well, I add on to that. I turn in my high-speed adjustment a half a turn. So the high-speed compression is not clicks most of the time it is turns and it is very sensitive a high speed dampening control system is very sensitive most riders can feel a quarter turn increments easiest way to do that is stick your box in wrench on there or your t-handle and out of a full circle just go a quarter of that in or out depending on which way you want to go and that will help your ride height, or give you more front-end traction or rear-wheel traction. So that high-speed dampening side of things really controls a lot of the ride attitude of the motorcycle around the track. Thanks for hanging tough here. We're going to do some commercials. Stand by. We'll be back in six minutes. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front-end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at ChevyColleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. ScreenPrintingDone.com T-shirts! Get your sassy T-shirts! Yeah! 
Good morning. We didn't catch your name last night. ScreenPrintingDone.com. I'm not supposed to be within 200 feet of a Chuck E. Cheese. I need that shirt. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com. Let's get into this t-shirt. It's a cute top. Where'd you get that shirt? ScreenPrintingDone.com. That does sound awesome. I see things no one should ever see. I got a pretty dope sense of humor, bro. ScreenPrintingDone.com. <laughs> you an older dude looking to race some races? Maybe looking to do some longer motos? OregonOldTimers.com is coming out with a new 2021 schedule. We will have that up on the new shows in January. So check them out, OregonOldTimers.com. Any questions about going to the Old Timers Association, hit me up, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com, and I'll help you out. See you guys at the races next year. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? BloodLubricants.com, 1040. Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at Blood Lubricants, info at bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer. Get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great. Keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F. Every 10 hours, now I can go 15 hours. So, great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save yourself some money. Email me, chris at keyforinktesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. You got a new bike? Hell, you got an old bike? Go to ride-engineering.com. You can use the code KT25 to get 25% off. If you're looking for anything chassis-related, clamps, bar mounts, axle blocks, whatever it is. They even got calipers, brakes. They do it all over there at ride-engineering.com. So go check them out. Use the code. Save yourself some money. If you have any questions, you guys know the email. Visit them. Ride-engineering.com. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to protaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars? You don't want a crossbar? ProTaper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half-waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The Race Cut grips? Come on. I am an SX Race Evo and Fusion guy, so go check them out. ProTaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to KieferInkTesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Kiefer Ink Testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? ProTaper. ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding. 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 
888-458-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. You guys looking to buy a new bike? 2021s are out. Go to Power Motorsports. That's right, they're in Oregon. PowerMotorsports.com. If you guys want a deal on a Yamaha, ooh, or a Kawasaki, ah, or maybe, just maybe, you want a KTM. They got them all there. They have Kiefer Inc. testing special discounts. Email me, Chris, at KieferIncTesting.com, and I will get you in touch with David Sibley. That's right, David Sibley at Power Motorsports. He knows the drill. He knows Kiefer Inc. testing gives the best deals possible, and so do Power Motorsports. Hit him up, PowerMotorsports.com. We're back. Thanks for hanging tough. Here we go. Suspension. If you have a little bit of bottoming resistance, or I'm sorry, if you have a little bit of bottoming around the track, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stiffen up your fork or shock. You want your bike to at least bottom out once or twice a lap if you're pushing hard. Granted, if you're just cruising around and you're bottoming out everywhere, of course, you need to stiffen it up. But I also hear guys say, hey, man, I'm bottoming out. I need to stiffen up. No, you don't. You're supposed to use all of your travel. And sometimes the track just gives you something that your your suspension can't handle, and it'll bottom out because of the speeds and the force that you're going, no matter what ability. Uh, for example, at Glen Helen, they, had a, they, they prepped a lip kind of shitty in the back. So there was a G out at the bottom of this jump face, and no matter what I'm going to do, it's still going to bottom there. So you have to find that comfortable setting where, hey, man, I'm going to have to get through that area of the track and deal with that uncomfortable spot to get comfort everywhere else on the track. You're not going to have 100% comfort around any track, no matter what. And if you do, God bless you. That's awesome. And you got a magic magic setting that we all should know about and you should start your own website so we all can go there and read your settings because I need to know that as well because I would love to have that. You're going to have one to two spots around a lap that your bike will not feel at its best, bottoming, whatever that may be. So don't freak out if you see a little black mark on underneath your rear fender. That's all normal. That means you're pushing the bike and that means you're actually using the suspension that it's intended to be there for you for, okay? Low speed control, low speed compression. I try to uh, I use that if I am coming into a corner. Let's say you got a set of braking bumps, and I'm getting a little bit of a kick, almost like a force that uh, my rear end is forcing my front end down. Again, Everything is in unison. We can mess with the fork, but in this case, let's mess with the shock. I am going to try and experience. I'm going to go a little bit softer and see if that bump, that initial hit, kind of soaks up more of that uh, braking bump, that shaft speed, and let's see if that gives me a little bit of a softer feel, a.k.a., again, the rock dropping it a little bit lower, right? So I back it out. One to two clicks with the shock itself. Most shocks now, Showa and KYB, you can go one click and you could feel it. Unlike the fork where you have different feelings for two and one clicks. Now for the shock, I would just start with one click at a time, no matter which way. And you should be able to feel that. So 
all right, yeah, that's a little bit better. I feel like a little less of that bump. I'm not getting as much uh, push into my front end. I'm not getting kicked in the rear. Um, I'm going to try another one. I'm going to go softer. Ooh, now the feeling that I'm getting is I'm feeling a little bit low, and then it releases, and it almost makes me uh, have more of a kick, more f- uh, push to the front end into the corner, and it messes my corner up. So then you found this little sweet spot, right? So you want to stick with that, that low-speed control, that low-speed dampening. So you went out one click. Hmm, I'm going to try to maybe stiffen up my rebound just to see what it does. And that could make the difference between going, I'm going to go an extra click out because I felt low and getting that release, that kick. Okay, so now I'm at two clicks out. The softer felt a little bit better, but I want to get rid of that kick. I'm going to go in one click on the rebound and see what that does. What we call that in our realm is the two-for-one. It's always two-for-one. Hey, have you did the two-for-one? Nope, haven't did it yet. I'm going to try it. So the two-for-one is two clicks to one rebound. That is a great formula to live by if you're an average dude. And that's the best thing I could tell you guys. There's not a lot of media outlets out there saying, hey, man, do the two-for-one because they don't know about it. They just think, hey, go two clicks in. Screw with the rebound. Oh, hey, man, you need to go four clicks out on that rebound and no. The two-for-one is the way to go. That's usually, I'm going to tell you, 60% of the time that actually works on each end, softer or stiffer. That is a great, great rule of thumb to try. So don't forget about the two-for-one special, compression to rebound. That is a <laughs> that You know what? That saying's been around for like ah, 15 years. I learned that from, in my Yamaha days, I learned that from Scheidler, Ed Scheidler. He was the R&D manager. He's like, have you done the two-for-one? And I'm like, uh, what's that? Two-for-one. He's like, you know, I felt like it was a little bit soft. So he's like, go two clicks in on that compression and then back out, you know, one rebound. And I was like, okay. Went out and tried. I'm like, yeah, it's really good. Fast forward, you know, several months later, two-for-one, two-for-one. I've heard that for so many years, and... Like I said, 60% of the time, it actually makes the bike better. So the rebound as well as the low-speed compression work in unison on the shock. High speed is on its own. I would say if you're going to make a high-speed adjustment, that will be proprietary to itself. If you want to make a softer or harder feel, you want to bring your ass end up a little bit on acceleration, you know, go a quarter to a half a turn in on high speed, and that will help your shock stay up in the stroke a little bit more and act as a ride height for you if you have the desired sag. The sag is there to balance out the motorcycle. The high speed compression is there to not only balance out the motorcycle secondary, but give you comfort. Try to give you comfort at fast high velocity uh, shock shaft speeds. And just because we're coming out of a corner, you know, you guys are saying, well, Kiefer, that doesn't make sense. You said jump faces and G outs, but you're talking about using the high speed compression coming out of corners. Yes, for ride height purposes. Maybe not the comfort first, but what that does is you're getting the ride height to a better um, ride attitude balance around the track. And then secondary that helps comfort and where that 
shock shaft lies or lays in the stroke as you're accelerating out of the corner. So we could have a four-hour podcast about the nuances about shock speed, shock shaft uh, velocities, all of these things. I think I would like to do that. I think I will do that. I'm going to get uh, a race tech guy in here, and we're going to talk about suspension But because I think the geeks out there like me and you listening to this podcast would really find it interesting because I learn something every time, and I've been around it for you know, 20-plus years, and I seem to learn so much when I listen to these guys talk because I always give them my feeling. They're like, okay, this is what the shock is actually doing uh, when you're hitting this jump. It's very, very interesting. I had some time recently to uh, go over some data acquisition on some suspension, and that is a whole nother level, and I really wish the average consumer could really listen to this and and feel and hear and see what this program does. It's really amazing, and it makes it easier for you guys once you see this it, it's insane. This data acquisition that they can tie into your bike shows you exactly all of these things we're talking about, where out on the track, where you're using it, where you could use more of it, and it, it it's a really great tool for the average guy, but it's also uh, very, very expensive. So <clears throat> let's, let's talk a little bit. Let's jump around a little bit here, here. Let's talk about running your fork height. So fork height. You can run your front end higher, all right? Drop your fork, you know, dropping the tubes down into your triple clamp. And the rear end lower, higher sag number, uh, if possible, for stability. We always want to try to get more stability. You can combat that, you know, if you have some twitchiness or your bike may have some of that. Um, again, rebound is your your happy spot on harder pack dirt to make that tire stick to the ground. But to get your fork height the proper area, I'm going to give you an example of what I've been doing um, with the Yamaha YZ450F is I play with my fork height a lot because that bike is very sensitive to it. So when I ride higher speed, faster, choppier tracks, I will lower my fork height. So stock on that bike is 5 millimeters. I will drop it down to 2 millimeters to get more control leading into the corner, which can also improve your cornering so how does that work Kiefer? you're dropping the fork just making the bike longer so how really can it just corner better well there's a thing in the testing world called cornering stability if you can come into the corner harder you can lay it in easier because you have more stability within the bike to lay it inside the rut and then you have all the little imperfections Inside that rut, right? You ha- may have a rock. You may have these square edge. You may have, uh, you know, stop and breaking points that you know all these different riders are doing within within that rut. If you're making the bike a little bit longer and you're leaning and you still have good lean angle control, then your bike is more stable within that rut and you will feel less of those imperfections with within inside that rut. So that's what I feel. Most of the time, when I ride faster tracks, I'm making my bike a little bit longer. I'm getting more stability on off throttle, but also my bike is settling easier inside of a corner, regardless if it's a rut or flat. Flat corner is nothing to bank off of. I just get a little bit more control. Now, 
let's move on to a tighter track. Let's say Loretta Lynn. So for Loretta Lynn's last year on this Yamaha, I went back up to seven millimeters on my fork height. So I ran seven millimeters fork height on, on my fork. And then on my shock, I ran 105 millimeters a sag. And that was a good balance to have my bike stay in ruts because it's a point-and-shoot track and it's soft dirt. So I needed some mobility within that big Yamaha. I, I didn't want to drop my fork and make it longer because it's softer dirt. It's a point-and-shoot track. My stability and my speeds don't need to be at its maximum, but my side-to-side movement needs help. I need to be able to lean that bike within these big ruts and get in and out of these things, right? So raising your fork height will make your bike corner sharper. Sometimes that is good and sometimes that is bad. So you have to consider what tracks you are riding within the fork height. And fork height to me is second on the importance list of getting your bike right. First is sag, always. When you get your bike, check your sag. And how many times should you check it? Once every two weeks, if you're riding, you know, well, I shouldn't say it once every two weeks. Depends how much you're riding. If you're riding two times, three times a week, once every two weeks is good because over time, especially if you got a new bike, your bike will break in, your shock sag will change. So at least check it. I'm not saying, let's say you got a 20-hour motorcycle and you ride once a week, check it once a month. That is fine. It's not going to change that drastically within those four times that you've ridden in a month. But make sure when you do get a new bike, check your check your sag, get it to the baseline setting, and then secondary is your fork height. Make sure your fork height is at the baseline setting, and if you want to adjust it, that should be the secondary thing you look into after your sag. Uh, some bikes... I'm trying to think of a bike that's less sensitive to fork height. Fork height on a KTM, for example, is not as crucial to me as it is on a Honda, Kawasaki, and a Yamaha. I play with fork height constantly on those three bikes. On the KTM, I feel like the bike is at its happiest at 5 millimeters, no matter what track I ride. So just know, with all this being said in this whole podcast here, if for every action, there is a reaction on the other end of the bike. You, you make a compression change on the fork. You go stiffer on the fork. You're going to be higher up in the front, and you're going to be lower in the rear. So sometimes, and I'm going to give you an example here, I'm going to go a little bit stiffer on my fork, so I went too stiffer on my fork. I did the two-for-one special on my fork, okay? And now my fork feels good in almost every area of the track but let's say man i could use a little bit more lean angle traction now since i stiffened it up okay so i feel like i've done all i could within the fork let's try to do something with the shock all right shock feels pretty good but i can adjust my high speed compression on my shock and i can go up with that a little bit right so i can stiffen it a little bit Maybe an eighth, that's right, an eighth of a turn on high speed on the shock does make a change. And that is, even though it's ever so slight, that could help 
balance out the motorcycle and put a little bit more front end weight on those changes that you just made. So that could balance out and make you have a little bit more lean angle traction, a little bit more bite on that tire. So again, for every action, there is a reaction on the other end of the motorcycle. You just got to know which way to go. And these are the examples that I'm trying to give you to help you. All right. So here is a test for you guys out there. Today, when you guys are going to go out and ride your motorcycles, check your sag. All right. See where that's at. Is that the baseline spec? Check. Got it. All right. Fork height. Check. Got it. It's at the baseline spec. Go out and ride. Now, oh, Kiefer, it's in the morning. My bike feels great. Yeah. It's 9 a.m. It's not going to feel bad. I've rode pieces of shit before that felt good at 9 a.m. If you guys want to see what your bike really does, if you're concerned, and if you're not, that's fine. Ride at 9 a.m. and bail at noon. I don't care. But if you want your bike to handle better, stay a little while at the track or show up late. Just try it one time for, for a test. Show up late or stay longer and ride something that is a little bit not perfect, maybe not as fun for you, and see how your bike reacts. Now, you went there and you're like, okay, I got my baseline sag, I got my baseline fork height. Man, it feels like it is stiff on the square edge. Try adjusting the fork and shock a little bit softer and see what it does, just like we explained in this podcast. Now, if you feel... Like, hey, man, I just can't come to grips with my bike when it's rough. Chances are high that you haven't adjusted it enough, okay? I feel like there's always room for adjustment no matter which track you go to. Just because it works at track A doesn't mean it always will work good at track B, okay? So stay a little while, do some work. Old saying in the industry is you're only as good as what you try. So if you do not try anything, you will not know. You're blind, right? So try a setting. Work at it. You can go read. I have a Suspension 101 uh, article that I'm going to throw up on keyforinktesting.com that you can read in case this podcast is a little bit uh, overwhelming for you. Um, there'll be something up on, on keyforinktesting.com. But just try it, Okay and see what happens when you adjust something and see if you can feel it. And if you can, get to know it. What's it do? Is it better? Is it worse? Learn the low speed, high speed, rebound, all of those things that we talked about in the podcast. Use those to your advantage on your bike. And I'm not saying uh, when you guys do this that it's going to be perfect. Maybe you guys do need a revalve, but I at least want to you guys out there to save a little bit of money at first. Try these methods of testing to your suspension and see if that helps. I feel like a lot of you guys just blow money right at the beginning and just because you don't want to take the time or the adjustments to make your bike better and you just blew a 1000 bucks on some revalve. I'm sure Racetech is not stoked <laughs> on me telling you guys to do this, but nonetheless, I think they would even want you guys to try this before sending it in to get resprung or revalved. Another good rule of thumb that I've learned over time is if you go to track A and track B, and it's pretty good there on days that it's rough, that is going to be a setting that you're going to want to stick with for a long time. 
If it works at two tracks, and if the grand of those two tracks are opposite, let's say one's a point and shoot, and one's a more flowier type of track, arcing type of track, and they work decent at two tracks, I'm sticking with that suspension no matter where I go. Chances are high that you'll be comfortable at your local facilities when you have two you know, two tracks that you're comfortable at with your suspension. So leave that setting there. Leave it. Just ride it. Not everything is going to be blamed on your suspension. Uh, my buddy came in yesterday, I can't ride this thing. It's, it's not doing it right. I go, have we adjusted it? No. Well, let's try it. Don't freak out. Sometimes it's just us. Sometimes we just suck. Sometimes we can't get uh, adapted to the track. Don't be so quick to blame the motorcycle before you try some things. And then if, if you tried a lot of settings and it's just not working for you, then good. You can bitch all you want. Cry all you want, get your stuff fixed, but at least you tried to make it better within the realm of what they gave you as a manufacturer. Because I feel like those guys there are way smarter than us, way smarter than me. So I know what they're trying to do at these manufacturers, and they're trying to create a bike that is good for a wide range of riders. And most of the time, I would say 75% of them that suspension is good. The 25 percenters, maybe you're listening to this right now, it won't work. You're fast, you're heavier, or you're slow and light. It could be anything, right? But learn the adjustments. Learn how to click those things around. Don't be scared of it. Uh, another Q&A thing I have written down here, Kiefer, I have my clickers all the way in. Is that safe? Yeah, that's safe. But that's telling me that you're going to need... And if it's still soft, if your clickers are all the way in and you still maybe feel like, yeah, it's pretty good, but I still feel like you guys out there don't need to have your clickers all the way in. It's safe to ride that way, but you should probably consider about getting some type of spring or valving in that aspect. So if you're, you know, I'm not saying every single time you have to be smack dab in the middle of your, you know, total clicks. Let's say if there's 20 clicks on your shock and you're in 10, you don't have to be in that realm. If you're on 15, 16, and it works good at A and B track, that's safe. But if you're at 20 clicks in out of 20, I feel like you need some more room for adjustment. So give yourself that. Go get it revalved at Racetech or wherever your favorite uh, suspension tuner is and uh, explain to them exactly what you're looking for. That's like we talked about on the top of the show. Give them information. Make yourself a test Bible. I, I, I had a test Bible at Dirt Rider, and uh, I kept a huge three-ring binder of notes. Dirt Rider never gave it back to me. Motherfuckers. Never got it back. I asked for it. They didn't. They're probably using it. I don't know. But, man, I had bikes from 2000 to 2010 in there. Massive amounts of notes. Keep yourself notes from track. Um, if you don't want to do that um, every time you show up, at least do it once for per track that you're at. That way you have some notes on what your bike does, and if you need it to get better, you have those arsenal of notes to give to your suspension tuner to make your life easier. Not everyone is like you and I listening to this podcast, okay? I know some guys just want to be soul riders and go ride, but if you're listening to this, obviously you're interested enough to adjust your suspension and 
you want a comfortable ride, you want to be able to improve, that's me. I'm 44 years old. I still want to improve my riding. I want to find uh, that magic setting that this dude listening to this podcast might have. I want to find it. And I feel like it's it's out there if we can just have some patience, learn which way to go, keep adjusting, and always, always never be complacent of where you're at. Because I feel like you guys out there are going to improve your riding, so your suspension is going to change as well. So don't expect your suspension, and you went to A and B track, right, and you feel confident. Well, okay, cool. That might last three months. But then, hey, you're getting better. You're getting faster. You're hitting those bumps harder. Might have to adjust again. So don't expect those numbers to always be the same. That's why you keep these notes. That's why you have everything on hand. So when you do, when it comes time, if, when, you go to these suspension tuners to get a revalve, you have these notes, man. As a suspension tuner, there's nothing more gratifying than having a customer come in that knows a lot about his own shit. That is awesome. It makes their life a lot easier, trust me. So that is my spiel about Suspension 101. If you have any questions about suspension or maybe you want to like, uh, hey, Kiefer, I didn't know what you're talking about. What the fuck are you talking about on this compression? I don't know which way to go. Email me. Chris at KieferInkTesting.com. That will be the gate. <laughs> okay? You can open that gate. The gate's, you know, cracked open. But I will get back to you. I'll try to help you out. That's what we we built this whole KieferInkTesting.com thing for. Let's try to help you guys out. Also, don't forget about supporting these guys that are on this show. Great human beings. Great products. Support the advertisers. We keep this thing up and moving. Don't forget, KieferInkTesting.com. You can go check out the article, Suspension 101. I will try to put up that article by Friday afternoon, and you guys can reference some things there. And as always, don't forget, if you see me at the track, let's talk. Let's talk about your suspension. Let's talk about your engine. Let's talk about your chick. Whatever it is that you want to talk about, I am here. I love getting to meet all you guys out there. I just met a guy from Washington at the race. Very cool gentleman. And I forgot your name. I'm an idiot. I am so sorry. But I like to talk a little bit about dirt bikes, get to know you, why you listen to the podcast, and just interact a little bit, you know. There's nothing wrong with doing that nowadays. I know some of you guys have shied away from that, but I like people, unlike Mathis. I like to hang out and go ride with people. The gentleman even brought me a Coke on ice. God bless him. Ziploc baggie with ice and a freaking real Coke in a glass, in a glass bottle. So good. After a race. Nice Coke. Awesome. Love it. All right, guys. This has been the RockyMountAntVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast. Thank you guys for joining me. I will be back probably later this week. I want to do a podcast with all uh, all of my gang from the race last weekend. Let's talk about that. I put up a bounty slash contingency program for my three guys, Michael Allen, Matt Suravog, and David Martinez. Those three dudes are vet intermediates. And uh, <laughs> they all raced each other. It was a fun event, and I really want to go over it. It's kind of like uh, the Vet National Show with Steve and I. Uh, this was similar. Lots of things went on during the day, and I just figure uh, it's it'll be a funny show for you guys to listen to. So maybe we'll get to that this week. But as always, stay tuned to racerxonline.com for the videos. We got some stuff coming up. We're going to be riding some factory bikes. We got Suzuki content. 
If you are a bigger dude, 200 plus pounds, and you want to ride a 250F, I just did a video on a Yamaha 250F. That'll be up this week over on racerxonline.com. And of course, daytime program, knee pads versus knee braces, all of that shit over there on pulpmx.com. We're spread thin over here, but we're trying to get you as much content as possible. KeeferInkTesting.com. See you later.